systems initiated. You are listening to the Empire Podcast Network. As an actor, I made a career out of surviving personal and family dramas on daytime television. Now, in real life, I've also had my fair share of challenges, just like everybody else. But TV and film could be a nice escape from our own daily struggles. Well, let's face it. Life is not TV and film. Yeah. It's time to keep it real. With Real Conversations with Jacob Young. Sponsored by Boys Town. My guest this week is one of country music's most inspiring singer-songwriters. Music is in his DNA. His father was the legendary icon and Hall of Fame rodeo champion, Chris Ledoux. My guest has made many, and might I say, great albums of his own, recording in 2016 with Forever a Cowboy. And now Sagebrush and Next in Line have come out on records, or vinyls, as the, the kids are saying today. Yeah, you know, he's got some brand new music and a summer tour of venues throughout America's heartland, and he's here to talk about it. My guest this week is the one and only Ned Ledoux. You know what time it is. It's time to keep it real with Real Conversations with Jacob Young, sponsored by Boys Town, brought to you by Lane Frost Brand. But you know this ranch is home for the next in line. Man, I love that song. Ned, welcome to the show. Well, hey, Jacob. Good to see you again. Man, Thanks I, for having me on. Yeah, my pleasure, man. I've been wanting to have you on the show for a long time, and I know you're just finally getting back out and doing some tour dates. How's that been? It's been great. Yeah, we've been uh, hitting the road pretty hard since, I guess, early June. Uh, we played a couple of shows in the wintertime, but yeah, it's good to be back on the tour bus and with all the guys and seeing all those smiling faces in the crowd again, you know, and just hearing the that live noise, you know, through the amps and the drums and, and all that stuff. It's It's a good thing. It sure is, man. How did it affect you during COVID? I mean, what, you know, because you, you, you literally tour. I mean, anytime I'm looking on, on your .com, and by the way, nedledoux.com, you can find out all, all of his tour dates there. You tour all the time. How was that during COVID for you? It was, it was kind of strange, you know, especially right when it all happened. You know, we, we, we were on a really good run of shows. Uh, I guess it was kind of early March. Or something. The last show we played was in Dallas for the the American, and and we heard these little, you know, people like like saying saying like things are starting to shut down, and you know I never paid any mind. I thought I'm not sure what they're talking about, you know. And so we got back home, and I was home for probably three days, and I had to turn around and go to, uh, fly to Denver, be up uh, in Greeley for this award show. And as soon as we landed in Denver, I turned my phone back on and I was getting all kinds of texts and emails saying, Hey, everybody go home. The award show's canceled. Stay home, stay safe. And, and that was it. You know? And so, and of course we're hearing stuff about, well, maybe things will open up in a couple of weeks. And they never did. Mm. Well, maybe in June we'll get back on the road and we never did, you know? So it was just like, well, I guess we'll just have to ride it out, you know? So, uh, I, I spent a lot of time at the house, of course, and we live out in the country, so uh, there's plenty of projects to <laughs> to finish, you know, or, or started, you know. But uh, yeah, it was it was really strange. 
Yeah, no, it absolutely was on my end as well. I, I think anybody who's, who's an artist, I mean, you know, nine to five jobs, they were still, most of them were still going, you know, other than the restaurants and stuff that got shut down. But as an artist, it was like, we were all on lockdown and, um, and it's still tricky, you know, it's still tricky. I've been working uh, in some TV projects and there's multiple COVID tests still, even though, I mean, I went ahead and it almost, it's almost something that needs to happen within the film industry. Cause there's so many people working on top of each other all, all day long. And, you know, sure. need I say kissing scenes or anything like that? You have to, you have to, you know, the vaccination is probably an important thing. So, so I went ahead and did that. And I know it's not for everybody, but I did it because out of necessity, because a lot of these places are starting to require it. I know like a lot of countries are requiring to fly over. And if you're going to fly over, you got to have the vaccination as well. Um, yeah, I yeah. got it too. A lot of the guys in the band got it as well. And I, and my whole idea is like, Hey, whatever it takes to get back on the stage again, back on the road. And, and like you said, you know, we're amongst, you know, all kinds of people, you know, everywhere all around the country and, you know, just, uh, doing our part, you know, and, and like I said, whatever it takes to open those doors, let's, let's get it done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I was talking with Cody Jinx several episodes back and, and he basically, he said he had written like over 45 songs by the time COVID was, was finished. Did you find your, yourself writing any music? Yeah, quite a bit. And, uh, I actually went back in the studio first part of June and recorded my third album and it won't be out for a while, but, but yeah, I spent a lot of time. Um, you know, if I wasn't doing yard work or cleaning up around the house or building this and that painting a skull or something like that. I was, you know, putting pen to paper and, and, uh, and I think it's, I think it'll be pretty good. You know, there's some good cowboy songs on here and, and there's also some stuff that's, you know, maybe a little bit different, but still, it's still Ned. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I, I'm it, excited. Your sound is awesome, man. Let's talk a little bit about the skull art for a second, because I'm fascinated by that. And how, how did you get into that? I mean, it's, it's a native American tradition. Am I, am I totally talking out my ass here or. Um, maybe. Yeah. You know, there's a really cool, um, native American shop, I guess up in, I think it's in rapid city, South Dakota. And it's called the Prairie edge, I believe. And it's a store, but it's also, it's a museum as well. I think they can they'll sell most anything in there, but, but, um, but yeah, I remember walking in there years ago and they had all these painted Buffalo skulls in there. And most of them were just real simple designs and they would stuff. I think it was kind of like a spiritual thing. They would put like sagebrush in the eye sockets and then sagebrush up to the, the, the nose piece, you know? And, but anyway, the, the real way I got into it is there's a place on our ranch just outside of KC, Wyoming. And there, and for anybody who, lives on a ranch you have this area where if you lose a calf or a cow or a horse there's a place that you put them on the on the ranch you know up in the hills somewhere well over time all that's left are these bleached out bones and i was riding up through the hills a long time ago and i came across this area and there was this bleached out cow skull and it just looked interesting to me i thought well maybe i'll do something with that. So I took it back to the house. Did you shove sagebrush up, up his nose? No, no. <laughs> what I did do is make sure there wasn't any, you know, spiders or all crazy bugs up inside there. A little tiny, <laughs> little baby rattlesnake, like rolling yeah, around. You never know. <laughs> so I cleaned it up and, 
and started putting some paint on it. And that's really kind of how it started. And that's probably been 25 years ago or something like that. But, um, but it's a, just a fun hobby. You know, I never really got into it to like make money or anything. And then all of a sudden somebody asked if I'd sell one. So I was like, yeah, I guess I could. Sure. <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> but it's just, it's just something I've always been really into painting and drawing and kind of being artistic, you know, and, uh, yeah, pretty fun little hobby. Well, I got to say, they're beautiful masterpieces, man. They're really beautiful. I love looking at them. I've always been fascinated with them, too. I mean, of course, anything that's Western or Southwest or that kind of art has always fascinated me. I mean, are you making them readily available? Can people find them? Uh, not really. Yeah, um, I mean, I'll have some friends. If they want a, a skull painted, they'll just send it to me, and then I'll paint it, and I'll just mail it back to them. But um, I guess years ago, I would go around the ranch and find all the, as many skulls as I could find, and I'd paint them up, and then I'd put them in my granddad's shop in KC, and just see if I could make a little extra grocery money. Long <laughs> yeah. you know, time ago. Uh, but right when the, the pandemic started, I had a good friend from South Dakota send me five buffalo skulls, and he owns some restaurants uh, throughout the state, and, and he just asked if I'd paint these up, and I was like, man, is perfect timing because we're not playing you know and i got got five buffalo skulls for me to paint sure i can do that so that that took me about a month and a half to get those done i would imagine that's some real estate you got to cover on the buffalo skull yeah that's my favorite one to paint and there's just something about you know the buffalo to me is like the symbol of the west it's like cowboys sagebrush and western skies you know so uh pretty cool it is pretty cool now, just like your dad, you're one of the most dynamic live performers. What drives you to make sure audiences get more than their money's worth when they buy a ticket to come see your show? Well, you know, I learned from the best. You know, I played drums for my dad for a number of years. And just to be able to watch him, you know, and even before I joined the band, you know, just to see his show, man, it was it was never the same show twice. You know, there was always something new that he would do. And, and of course, he had the bucking machine and the pyro. and uh, just the craziness of it all. So, and so, yeah, I mean, now that I'm doing it, you know, I want to make sure that we put on the best show we can, you know, play every show like it might be your last and, uh, you know, give them their money's worth, you know, cause I've never been one. I never really enjoyed a, a show where the guys just standing in the same place. <laughs> we like to move around a little bit, you know, jump it up and down, just have some fun. Yeah, no, it's absolutely an exciting show. And, um, let me ask you this, because in my life, you know, my, my dad, you know, he's inspired me in certain ways and shaped me in certain ways. How has your father, your grandfather shaped you into the man that you are today? My, my granddad? And your father. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll talk about my granddad first. My granddad Rhodes, who would be my mom's dad. Uh, his name is Bud Rhodes. And uh, we lost him, you know, quite a few years ago, but but I just wrote his shirt tails all over the ranch. I mean, he's the one who taught me how to, you know, build fence and, and drive a tractor and irrigate and work cows and how to behave around cows. You know, don't get too excited. Don't get in a hurry because they're not going to get in a hurry, you know, <laughs> and just the little, little things that you learn on a ranch. And he, you know, he worked us pretty hard, but he also had a great sense of humor as well. And I just love the guy. And uh, so, yeah, I learned a lot from him, but then, you know, talking about dad, you know, I learned just as much from him, you know, on how to be, uh, 
know, show respect to people, be loyal. And honesty is a very important thing. Um, but above it all, it's uh, the golden rule. You know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, that's if you can live your life through that message, then uh, you'll be in a pretty good spot. So true, my brother. Let me ask you, is music a way that you express your feelings and work out maybe everyday problems? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a, there might be a couple of songs that I've written where, I don't know, I maybe just had something on my mind or wanted to get something off my chest. And, and it sure helps, you know, if you can, you know, put that into, you know, music form, you know, and then listen back to it. Like, yeah, I remember that feeling I had back then, you know, I mean, I, I'm not writing like depressing stuff. You know, I, I try to make it inspirational. Um, there's a song I wrote that's on the next in line album called uh, where you belong. And it's about kind of chasing your dreams, you know, and, and chase them down, man. I mean, don't give up on those dreams. Just keep on going. And, but when you, when you do achieve that, and then you look back where you started, you're going to realize that the climb getting there was really the, the best part of it. You know, like the people that helped you out and even the people that, that didn't, the ones that didn't believe in you, you know, but you kind of carry that with you for a while, but then eventually that'll just kind of weigh you down. So just drop the negative, pick up the positive and move along and you'll eventually find where you belong. Yeah. And the fruit is, fruit is way sweeter on that other side. If, if you enjoy that process on the way up, my son, you know, he's, he's impatient, you know, he's, he's a young man. He's, he's 12 years old now. He's almost a teenager. And it's like, can it happen right now? You know, I, I need it. I need it right now. If it could snap his fingers, it would happen. I'm like, buddy, you got to enjoy it. You got to, you got to, you got to struggle a little bit to get there. And you're going to, you're going to appreciate it that much more at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you do, you know, reach the top of that mountain that you've been staring at for years, then kind of look to see what else is out there. You know, yeah, yeah. it's a journey, man. You take in the rest of you. Yeah. <laughs> so would you say there are healing properties to writing a song? We were just kind of sort of talking about that, but you know, I gear a lot of the podcast towards mental health. You know, when you were writing a song, like for me, I've, I've written, you know, several songs, nothing, you know, quite like your songs. You know, I love your, your tunes because I'm not as good as you. <laughs> that's why you, that's why you're doing it, you know, as much as you are. Uh, but, but, you know, I do find that there's healing properties that help me mentally when I write a tune. Do you find that same thing? Like once you like you, you, you hone into it, is there something that becomes healing to you? Yeah. Um, I can't quite think of a certain song that I've written, but um, I think it's just really for me, like the whole songwriting process, you know, I, I'll get an idea. And when I just kind of hit on my process of writing, you know, I take a lot of notes, you know, I, I've never been one to be able to sit down and, you know, with a cup of coffee and dope pad and a pen and a guitar and say, okay, I'm going to write a song today. You know, I got to bring something to the table first, you know, so I've got, you know, boarding passes and gas receipts, and notes in my phone and, <laughs> And once, once I have a good collection of those and I'll sit down in my basement, and just dump them all out and see if, if this fits with this and whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the process of it, um, I mean, yeah, that first draft, 
you just know it's not gonna it's not gonna be very good yeah. you know and then but yeah it's just kind of working it all out so you know? so, and, so when you're laying out receipts in front of you and you're laying yeah. out those gas bills and the hotel accommodation well you're in a tour bus but whatever it whatever it took to get where you are how does that work like for your writing process yeah just uh like being on the road or, or being at the house and just being around different people, you never know what somebody's going to say, you know? So I'll, I'll write a little phrase down. And just for an example, I, there's a new song on the, on the new album called the mountain. And I went down to Arizona with some old high school buddies of mine. Uh, we did like a golf trip, which I've never done before to fly to a whole different <laughs> state to play golf. <laughs> and, uh, but it was fun. And we're all from, uh, you know, around Buffalo and KC, Wyoming. And, and we got to talking about the mountain, you know, and how much time we'd all spend up there fishing or camping and, or just taking a trip, you know, up to the mountain. And to me, the mountain is kind of like, you feel closer to God up there and to me. And, and you can feel the same way when you're standing on the edge of the ocean or on a lake or out in the cornfield, whatever it is. Uh, for me, it's always been the mountain. And a buddy of mine said, well, yeah, the mountain, it'll set you back. I was like, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, it's like, you know, you could be the most successful guy in the world, you know, or you could be, you know, down on your luck. Uh, But when you go to the mountain, that mountain has its ways. You know, you might be, like I said, you know, real successful, but the mountain has a way to set you back and put you back kind of where you belong. You know, know, don't get too cocky out there, (laughs) (laughs) but it can also raise your spirits. It just has, there's just something about it, the mountain. So, so I took that idea and I, and I wrote a song about it. Uh, yeah, it's a spiritual song for sure. Uh, yeah, I enjoy it. You know, there's something about mountains. Uh, moving to Utah and living there for about seven years, I needed that because I had been living in this place I hated. And I'll be, you know, I'm glad to say it, I, I don't like Los Angeles. I, I, and and now more than ever, it's it's become such a crumbling society of homelessness. I was just there shooting a movie, producing a film, and it's just amazing, like how many people have just either been affected by COVID or, but the fact that they've just inflated prices on apartments, housing, homeless everywhere. I knew I needed to get out. I did not want to raise my family there, so I moved to Utah. Little backstory, um, but at the same time, I wanted to be able to look at that mountain. I wanted to realize just how insignificant sometimes everything else is in the grand scheme of things. Like looking at that mountain, realizing there are things that are much bigger than you. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's an awesome place to go, you know? And, um, and it's just something about, if you go up there by yourself and you kind of walks, walk amongst trees and, and there's just something Kind of makes your skin crawl a little bit, but it's a kind of a safe. Um, it's a safe. I don't know how to, yeah. How to, yeah. Yeah. It's, it just, it, yeah. I can't it wait. Just, to- it frees your spirit. That's that's for sure. It, it it opens your mind and all your senses, and it just frees your spirit. You know, and uh, it's a good thing. Well said. Now, next in line is out on vinyl, and I grew up on records. Why do you think records are so popular now? I mean, like after all these decades of CDs, why did they come back? I, I'm not sure. You know, um, I think maybe they've realized that 
listening to music off your phone doesn't sound very good, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's just so compressed, you know, the sound and, and, you know, CD is, is okay, you know, but there's something about the final, you know, you, and it's kind of like an event, you know, you, you know, I got mine in my basement, you know, I'll go down there with, and I don't have like a big collection of vinyl, but I do have almost all of my dad's stuff. And, uh, so I'll go down, you know, lift the lid on there, place the record on there real gently, and then drop that needle on it. And then you hear that crackle and pop. And, and it's such a warm sound as well. And, and you can't just listen to the one song. You got to listen to the whole thing you know, from start to finish. And you got to flip it over for the B-side as well, you know. But you also have the artwork. You know, you get this big old record cover. And, and the artists in different bands, you know, they would, the artwork would be awesome. You know, just and a lot of them you could open them up and there'd be all the liner notes and you played on it, maybe little stories and different drawings, different pictures that you would usually not see on on your cell phone. But uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, you have to also play. Yeah, it is really cool. I love the artwork. I love reading all about. I mean, growing up up with records, that was always a. It was the big mystery. Is like, what's inside the vinyl? What's what's inside the cover? all the pullouts, anything, you know, that was new, but you also had to play the record all the way through because if you, if you played it at a party and you decided oh, I'm going to switch the record, you're going to get a scratch sound. It's going to, yeah. you know, yeah. so you got to play the whole side. <laughs> Otherwise it's a, yeah. it's a party foul. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, you know, and I've always been a fan of when I go buy a new album of somebody's, I'm going to listen to it from start to finish. I'm not just going to pick out whatever has been played on the radio. I want to hear, because a lot of times it tells you a story, you know, and every song connects with each other. And so it's like, you can't have one without the other. So just take a little time. Just listen to the whole thing. You heard it here first. Take a little time. Ned Ledoux says so. It's so true yeah. though, man. Um, what's next for shows? What's, what's on the, the agenda? Where are you at right now? Uh, well, we got a couple days off up in Sheridan, Wyoming. That's where we're at right now. We've been out playing golf about every day. And, uh, but our next show is in Monta Vista, Colorado on Friday, on Thursday. And then we play Cheyenne Frontier Days with Garth Brooks this Friday. Uh, and if that was the only show booked for the year, I think we'd all be okay with that. <laughs> Damn. Damn. That's going to be some show, man. At Frontier yeah, Days, huh? Garth's going to be there. Yeah. It's 125th annual. And, uh, and this year also celebrates 50 years, uh, since dad put out his first album. And I think it was October of 71, I guess. Um, so yeah, Cheyenne this year, they're going to be putting up, uh, you remember, I know you were in KC for yep. the Curse of days a few years ago, that statue that's in KC. Yeah. Well, Cheyenne is going to put the same one in Cheyenne. And so they're going to have a big unveiling that day. And, uh, it's going to be a wonderful deal. And, but the best thing about it all is my mom and, my whole family's going to be there. Oh, you know? man. That, that's beautiful. I haven't seen him in a while. So oh, you to see all those guys around. You so, haven't visited yeah. your family in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been, of course we've been at home for over a year, you know, <laughs> there was it's, that. It's, kind of, it's a little bit strange. Like hit, hit the road again. Cause when you've been at home for a year or so, you kind of get into a routine of this and that, you know, what you do in the mornings and the afternoons and the evenings. And then you come on the road and like, I remember how to do this. <laughs> you know? And then also, you know, being away from the house, you know, and the family for, you know, 10 days or something. I was like, man, I'm not sure 
I mean, I guess we used to do this, you know, but uh, it'll, we'll get, we'll get back home in a couple of days. So. Now that's good. Let me ask you, do you ever get, I mean, as me, me as a performer, I mean, I've been on Broadway, I've done a lot of different things, but I've worked with great actors over the years. I get a little anxiety riddled sometimes when I'm working. Do you, I mean, getting back, it's talking about getting back into the, the, the swing of things and in front of people, any anxiety, any, any of the butterflies, you know, you feeling that? Yeah. And even before the pandemic, when we were really running hard, if you're not nervous, there's something wrong with you, yeah. you know, but I'm not, I'm not talking like scared to death. Like I'm not going out there kind of nervous. I just mean like you get that excited energy, the, the adrenaline starts pumping and, uh, and then you hit the stage and then it's, it's all good. It smooths out uh, after that. Yeah. But after, you know, being at home for such a long period of time and not really doing any shows, uh, when we did get a, a show and, you know, I'd spend like the first like maybe three days before I'd have to leave just in my basement, playing guitar, singing, getting my voice back in shape, getting those calluses built back up on my fingers and, and just being prepared. You know, that's, that's the key thing is just be prepared for it. Uh, and then you feel confident enough to when the, the curtain falls that you, you can do your thing, you know, it's yeah. preparation. If you could take a ride in the Jacob Young time machine, what would you, what advice would you give 13 year old Ned? Um, boy, I haven't heard that question before. <laughs> I don't know. I would just say, Hey, just keep on doing what you're doing. I think when I was 13, um, I was just getting ready to join my first band. Um, you know, I've been playing drums for, I guess, since I was probably seven years old and, you know, just playing in my basement. It seems like I spent a lot of time in the basement. Uh, but yeah, I just, I played all kinds of different records and CDs or mainly cassette tapes because everything else would skip when I'm playing drums to them. But <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i was just getting ready to join my first band and i guess uh i'm not sure what kind of advice i would give 13 year old me but just say hey man hold on to your hat because it's gonna be a pretty cool ride you know you're gonna not join this first this first band is gonna be like your initiation you know and then you're gonna join another one that's gonna be playing almost every weekend and then you're gonna go on to play with your, your dad and then uh yeah, just keep on keep on doing what you're doing and believe in yourself. My sponsor, Boys Town, has adopted the phrase, and it's a famous song. You probably know it from the Hollies. He ain't heavy. He's my brother. Hmm? Meaning in life, at some point, we've always had someone carry us or had a moment where we needed to be carried or we've carried somebody else. Who's carried you? I would probably say my mom. Yeah, my mom, she's uh she's an angel. I mean, she really is. I mean, none of us would be here without her, of course. You know, and all the support that she's given not just me, but all of my siblings. I mean, she's her love is unconditional. And uh yeah, I just always supported everything we've all wanted to do and uh helped us out. I mean, she's been our coach, our teacher, um, and above all, just mom. You know, and so, yeah, she's a uh, pretty inspirational as well. I mean, she's always just got a grin on her face, just a, a good soul, you know, and, and I hope that maybe I can 
have a little bit of that as well, you know. And and I've said, you know, I just hope I can be half the man that my dad was. And uh, but to have the that thing that mom has, you know, I hope I can have a little bit of that as well. I mean, she's she's the best. Man, I think you got best of both. Well, I hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Ned, I want to thank you for taking the time to join me on Real Conversations today. Well, that was a pleasure. It was good to see your face again and, and chat with you. Yeah, good to see you too. Now, I know you're in the middle of a, a summer concert tour with, you know, around the U.S. Everyone should please check out nedledoux.com for tour dates and links to buy tickets. Now, I've been lucky to catch a couple of your performances. I mean, your performances on stage are so high energy. They're uplifting. If Ned is playing in your town near you, treat yourself to an, an evening with one of the best performers on tour today. You can also check out his website to find out all about his new music, buy his merchandise, great merchandise. You know, I've always been a fan of your dad and the apple, my friend, has not fallen far from the tree. Your talent, well, your talent is amazing, my friend, and you are forever a cowboy. Well, thank you. All right. It was a pleasure. Real Conversations is proud to announce our partnership with Lane Frost Brand. We'll be doing a monthly giveaway of a different item each and every month. So be sure to enter. All you have to do is follow at Real Conversations with Jacob on Instagram, tag two friends, and be sure to download the latest episode of my podcast. And in the meantime, make sure you check out all the amazing merchandise for the whole family at lanefrost.com. And now I'd like to bring on my friend and the manager of the Boys Town National Hotline, our resident professional, Chris Hallstrom. How are you? I am doing great today, Jacob. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Good. You know, Ned Ledoux, legacy, his father, I mean, talk about like, the worried about living up to somebody's expectations or something that, right. you know, and his father was a self-made man. I, you know, I could be wrong, but I think that he, he wrote around something like 40 records in his time and would sell them at the back of his car at rodeos. He was, um, he was quite the man. And then when he finally got, you know, his heyday and thanks to Garth Brooks, which was a pretty cool thing, gave him the opportunity to, to do a duet with him and, and really broken because Nashville said, no, no, we don't, we don't understand that cowpoke music. We don't understand all that trail happy song, you know, inspirational music. And he just kept fighting that battle. Well, here we have Ned Ledoux, his son, who's carrying on the torch and right. his passion. And, you know, it's kind of like what we were talking with Frank Stallone about, like, you know, you living up to those expectations. Those can be kind of difficult. Right. It, it seems like he's very happy in his shoes. Um, no, I didn't really sense that he's trying to fill his dad's shoes, but he's honoring him and... Um, I don't know. Yeah, it was it was really neat to listen to what he had to say. And the whole time, all I could think of was the Garth Brooks song um, where he references his dad. What you gonna do with a cowboy? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That song. Um, so anyway, yeah, it was neat to hear him. He seems like a... Yeah, he's definitely honoring his parents and his father. Um, but his passion has been music since a kid. He was drumming since the age of seven. And, you know, he's just he's he's just such a... He's such an inspiration um, right. and he's so happy go lucky. I love his attitude. I really 
wish the rest of the world could do that. I wish I could be so happy go lucky. Right. I admire Very that about him. <laughs> yeah. What were Very some positive? What were some of the other takeaways you, you got from him? Well, for one thing, I, I love anybody that says that they try and model their life um, after the golden rule, do unto others um, as you'd have them do to you. Like what a great way just to to walk through life. It's hard to remember that sometimes, but truly to treat people um, with kindness like you'd want them to treat you is really kind of the most important thing you can do. Um, and I loved some his analogy about um, when you have goals, like keep working on them. Um, and, you know, you're climbing up that mountain and what a challenge it is. And then if you get on top of the mountain, sometimes you look down and that climb was the best part of all of it. <laughs> So like again, I'm I tend to be very visual and I really could kind of see that. And I thought, what a cool thing, a cool way to look at it. It's not just it's the journey, it's not just the destination. Right. 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 Um, because there's all those people that impact you along the way as you're going up that hill and working on those goals. Um, you collaborate with other people, you have relationships with other people. Um, and that's well, speaking of other important. people, his he was talking about his grandfather, because I asked him about his grandfather. And the one thing that keeps sticking out in the interview to me was, well, my grandfather would always, you know, have some, you know, always tell me that there was a place for everything. He's like, you know, the cows, you know, they have their place. Yeah. Don't rush them because they're not in a rush. You know, I mean, but if you break that down, you go, well, that is really simple. But wow, that certainly means kind of makes sense. Makes a lot of yeah. sense. Means a lot more than, you know, you, you, it's something you get later in life. But I, yeah. lo I love that. It's like, don't rush it. Don't rush it. Yeah. It doesn't have to happen right now. Right. Well, and isn't that kind of funny? You start thinking about, okay, what, what's going to be my legacy when I'm gone? What thing did I say that seemed really insignificant at the time, but like my kids or somebody will hang on to? Well, Chris always used to say, so yeah, <laughs> I, I like the fact that he could kind of quote his grandpa and yeah, that was a neat story. Yeah, I asked him a little bit about uh, you being back on stage because he's been off stage for so long. And mm -hmm. and then, of course, you know, I even helping produce and act in this recent project, I still get anxiety before going on set and, and, and working because, you know, you're dealing with other actors and, you know, they're checking you out. You're checking them out. You're inspecting their work. They're inspecting your work. It's a, I could imagine it's the same as being a performer on stage, too, with the audience right. going, hey, we're back at this after a COVID-19 lockdown. There's expectations. Everybody's wanting right. to be entertained. Yeah, there's expectations and you want to meet those expectations. But again, it's a good motivator. You know, OK, I'm anxious. I'm nervous about this. But it's because I want to do a good job. So you can kind of flip that around in your head that being anxious sometimes is OK, and as long as it doesn't, you know make you paralyzed uh you know you got to have ways to be able to process through those things but yeah i i can yeah. see where i think i think ned said something about together crowds yeah i think he was saying something about if you don't have some sort of anxiety or nervous you know you're nervous a little bit then maybe there's something wrong with you and you yeah, know exactly yeah i think that's what he said if you're not nervous then there's something wrong with you so, yeah. yeah that's exactly right yeah well i mean yeah but, but so many people are like they're like i have stage fright yeah don't we all yeah exactly we all do like and uh, i've said that before i'll speak in front of a large group of people and i'll be up there and i feel fine but it's that time leading up to it that 
okay, take deep breaths, a lot of positive self-talk. And, um, you know, and you get up there and you do it. I'll deal with it. And yeah, you do it and you funny. execute and people are like, wow, that was a great speech. And yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. What, what, was from I, the outside, what was I so worried yeah. about? <laughs> yeah. Um, from the outside, people think, you, oh, wow, that person has it all together. But no, everybody has to deal with that a little bit. So um, the other thing I appreciated was him talking about what uh, how the mountains um, were such a, a, he didn't use the word happy place, but it's kind of um, what it made me think of that. It just kind of grounds him um, to be able to walk out in nature. He talked about his ranch and um, that being out in nature just kind of um, opens his mind, frees his senses. We always talk with people about sometimes when you're um, overwhelmed, especially with anxiety, that it's good to go someplace where um, you can enact all your senses. So sometimes people are feeling down, depressed, or maybe it's anxiety, but just getting out and what can I smell? What can I see? What can I feel? Um, what can I hear? If it gets you out of your head, kind of, mm. I don't know, you start to, to experience all the senses and you're not over processing things quite so much. I think. Yeah. You're enjoying the moment. It's yes. It's what we try to train as actors. We gotta, we gotta be moment to moment. And right. some days you don't feel like being moment to moment, but, but that, that is a way of, allowing those senses to come alive again, touch it, smell it, hear it, be out in it. You become right. invigorated very quickly. Right. It's just that whole mindfulness. You, you kind of put away all the junk that's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future. And, you know, what is that um, point that you can, um, or, or place you can go or, or a thing that you can do that really kind of centers you. D yeah. Disconnects you from all the bad stuff that's going on around right. you and, find that, that meditation spot. That's yep. whether it's just looking at a tree mountain, touching the earth, smelling the grass, you know, maybe, a, you know, smelling the flower that you pick along the way. Yeah. Right. And, and really looking at it and yeah. Concentrating on take a look at it and be mindful in that moment rather than thinking about the next thing. Yeah. So. You know, because you're still going to, you seems know, to have it together. He does seem to have it together. You know, one thing I always, you know, tell you know, whenever there's like some troubles that are in, in life and you, you go, you know what, is it going to kill me? Right. And you say, no, no, it's not going to kill me. Right. Can What's it, the worst thing that can happen? What is the worst thing going to happen? No, it's not going to be that either. Yeah. Am I still going to wake up tomorrow? Sure. Exactly. I'm going to be just fine. Yep. And maybe, maybe right now it's, I need to get through this next 15 minutes. I need to get through this next hour. And then it'll be fine. You know, it, it honestly, I do think of a lot of it is just how we process and the kind of messages we give ourselves in our head. Right. Yeah. A lot of strong words from Ned. And thank you, Chris. That's about all the time that we have for today. Real Conversations with Jacob Young. The mental health podcast is sponsored by Boys Town. At Boys Town, their slogan is, he ain't heavy. He's my brother. And for over 100 years, Boys Town has been he saving children, healing families. And they're only one call away. They're always there to help. So please go to boystown.org for all the details on how to access Boystown's health services or go to yourlifeyourvoice.org. And if you're in any kind of crisis or need immediate help, please call the trained counselors at the Boystown National Hotline at 800-448-3000 or text VOICE to 20121. Thanks for joining me on Real Conversations. I'm Jacob Young. Till next time, love yourselves. 
and love each other. <laughs>